Amen. Amen. Thanks, Alan. <clears throat> I remember someone said once, um, this was Gary Hayes said this, he said, preaching is like digging for oil. He says, um, if, if after a while, oh, thanks, Marcus. Bless you. Bless you. Um, if after a while you haven't struck water, stop boring. Bo- boring, Darren, because it's... <laughs> uh, amen. For, for me, you know, it's interesting you pray that. I, I do need prayer uh, for, for these things because sometimes you just get like a, uh, um, a little crack in the door and you see something of the Lord and you feel like there's, there's the word there, and, but it takes a while to figure out how to say that in, in, or how to take people to that word. And, um, and so I've struggled because I've got three titles for this talk. So I don't know what we're going to hit. Um, uh, the first title was that God, um, God is a God of change. That was the first title. The, the second title was that uh, we are called to be agents of change. And then the third title is digging into the deeps. So maybe that will kind of hit one of you. Um, I don't know. Um, but um, this, this, was the, um, this was the point, I think, um, to summarize. And I had this picture, which I might repeat it uh, later. But if we can imagine ourselves journeying down some kind of path, um, maybe we're out in the countryside and we're walking across a field and we're going from A to B. And we're journeying, we're journeying with the Lord. You know, we've... We know the Lord, we're walking um, in him, and maybe we're carrying with us our continual supply of water in our bottle or whatever. No, it may not be continual. And every now and then we come across a spring or we come across a well. And what that shows us is, is that where we're walking, deep down there's a river that's flowing underneath the ground. And every now and then someone has dug down and created a well or the, 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 um, the river has broken up through and created a spring. And we drink of that and we're refreshed and we enjoy it and others enjoy it and, and so forth. And um, I guess what's, what's on my heart this morning is, is that there is, there is something in the spirit that when we come to know God, God brings us into the spirit. He changes us. He makes us completely different. We're regenerated and we come into the things of the Spirit and we journey with Him, we walk with Him. But there are times where we need to dig deep and get to the well of life or the river of life that's flowing, always flowing. There's something deeper that we need to come to and, and it might be that we dig a well and that well is, feeds many, many people that would not even know that that river is there. But we know that river's there. And uh, there might be times where that river breaks up and then we, where God moves in such a way where all we can say is, is that God has, has broken through by his grace. There's a move of God and something from the deeps has come up. And so I want us to try to think about this. That um, What I'm not saying is, is that we are people walking around in our natural. We need to get in the spirit. We are in the spirit, but there is a place in the spirit which is in the deeps. There's deeper places in the Spirit. And, um, and that's really what I felt God put on my heart, that, that as we go deep in the Spirit, there is a breakout of the Spirit through his people that will affect not just our lives, but the lives of our community and the lives around us. And I hope you believe that. And, and um, as we go through this, I trust that 
What I have to share will confirm that to you. That's the reason why we now go on for another half an hour, isn't it? Um, otherwise, we'd just stop and you'd just take my word for it. Um, but I'm going to read a couple of verses, if you've got your Bibles. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17 to 18. Because I want to start with this wonderful news. Um, there's, I'm, I'm speaking at a leader's uh, um, small conference soon. And my title is... Um, a, telling a better story. It wasn't my title. It was a title that um, Matt Chilvers, if you know who Matt Chilvers is, came up with. And it's about this. So we have a better story to tell. We've got a better story than this world. Every book that this world produced, we have a better story. And this better story is the story of the gospel. Everything about the gospel is better than any other story that this world can can create. Amen? Amen. It's a good, it is good news. And, and sometimes we're in danger of making it a, a not so better story because we focus on um, things that are, it's interesting, as Alan said about communion, we, we, we can fall to the negative. This is what you cannot do, this is what you shouldn't do, and this is what no, you, know, you mustn't ever be seen to be doing. Actually, the gospel is, this is what you can do, this is what you can enter into, and this is what you want to live in, isn't it? Amen? Yeah. Good to get some agreement there. Um, and, and we see this in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. It says, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away, behold, the new has come. All this is from God, who, through Christ, reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. So if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. God is a God of new creations. Okay, I want to labour this point because, I've, as I'm going to say about in a minute, there's something about the world at the moment which you may already realise, it is very, very unforgiving. And it doesn't make allowance for change. It, does, it won't allow you to change from where you used to be to where you are now. It will dig up the past. I'm jumping ahead because there's other verses. But God is a God who says, the old has passed away, behold, the new has come. Isn't that wonderful? Can you imagine if we just, if I just picked someone, if I just picked um, let me, who shall I pick? I don't know. Oh, I can't pick Darren because I've already picked Darren. Plus, I'm a little bit scared of him as well. Um, let, let, me, let me pick um, Marcus because he brought me a cup of water. If, now, if we, now, I just happen to have a video of Marcus. I've filmed him this week. I haven't. I'm just pretending, Marcus. All right. Just to show you what Marcus gets up this week. You know, wouldn't we have a different idea of Marcus, eh? Wouldn't we? Or what about those things that he put on social media about 10 years ago? Or if only we'd known what he was like as a child. Now, some people might point at me. Um, Alan might say, if you had known what John was like as a child, because he knew me as a child, purely influenced by his son, by the way. I was pretty good. It was his son that influenced me. Um, if you had known, how dare John stand up here at all? But the fact is... Alan believes fundamentally, I know you're going to agree, that I am a new creation. Amen? Isn't that wonderful? It's a better story. I'm a new creation. We are all new, made new. Romans chapter 6, verse 4. 
Do you know, I can't remember the kind of person I was like before the Lord met me. That's partly because I'm getting older and my memory's not good. But you become a new person, don't you? Isn't it wonderful? You can't remember what I was like. Um, Chapter 6, verse 4. We were buried, from verse 4, we were buried therefore with him, Christ, by baptism into death, in order that, just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. Baptism there, or immersion, is, is, is the, the word that it's saying. We were immersed into Christ so that as he died, we died. As he rose from the dead, we rose from the dead. And, um, and, and 6, 7 and 8, very great um, chapters. We could spend a lot of time on this. But here's the thing, and this is the good news, that when we believed on the Lord Jesus for our salvation, we died in Christ on the cross. And as he rose from the dead, we would rise again as new people. That is the gospel. And old things are passed away. The sin that we had all committed, the Lord says, I will cast that as far as the east is from the west. Your sin I will remember no more. God will not remember anything of what we've done prior to us going to him and asking for forgiveness. That's the good news. I know we all know this. I know we're preached quite, but I think we have to remind ourselves these things because the message of the world that we're just often just getting bombarded with is the, is the opposite. And what's really interesting is that, I mean, this world, I, I think this world is getting more and more judgmental. Um, ironically, I think this is irony, judgment used to be a religious thing. Um, that was the thing for the religious people to judge people, wasn't it? But now the world is becoming a lot more judgmental on social media. We talk about the positives of social media, negatives of social media. It's so easy to judge people because all you need to do is hear a soundbite, a snippet. You know, you don't hear the whole thing and you take that and, it's, and lives are ruined because someone has said something out and someone's taken it out of context and used it against them. And all these kind of things. Am I, am I talking am I rubbish? I mean, I don't really go on Facebook anymore, but um, except for the cafe stuff. But you, you realize that people's lives have been damaged. Uh, um, more recently, you had the Canadian Prime Minister that almost um, his uh, life was ruined because of a past mistake, which he owned up to. I think it was 18 years beforehand or something, or so many years before when he was at college. He did something and it was wrong, but now he has to step that off. He's not, he hasn't, but um, what was his name? Hart, uh, yeah, not sure. Oh, there's someone else. Um, Hart, what's his name? The comedian who had the car crash. Oh. Kevin Hart. Um, was, they wanted him to host the Oscars, but because so many years before in his stand-up, in his younger days, he made some bad jokes. They were wrong. They were wrong. He had to step down because they, well, they told him that he couldn't do it anymore because of past mistakes. And, and, um, and this thing at the moment, which is really fascinating me, which is really interesting, if you're up with um, pop, popular culture or current, it's not current affairs, is Kanye West. Anyone know who Kanye West is? Um, he's, a, he's a rap artist. He's, he's, I've always thought he's a bit kind of... Uh, uh, have had problems <laughs> in the past. But he's just released a new album called Jesus is King. He started a church called The Sunny Service. And I thought, first of all, I thought, he's just like, this ain't right. This isn't right. You know, I would... 
And then I listened to his music. And I tell you what, I listened to that music, and I heard some interviews, and I listened to that music, and when I listened to his music, something in me is cheered. Something in me rises up. Now, I've I'm gone completely out of it now, and, but, or maybe, is it possible that Kanye West can be born again? And the Bible tells me that Kanye West can be born again. Is he going to say everything right? No, but neither do I, do you? No. Um, is he going to say things that might be more prosperity? Maybe. But, you know, God is, God is teaching us where, where we process things as we learn and then we realize that there are some things that I don't believe now that I used to believe because the Lord's taught me. You know, is it possible? And in one of his lyrics he put this, because the world says you can't change, but he put in one of his songs, he put this, what have you been hearing from the Christians? They'll be the first one to judge me. And it's true. And, and, I, and I'm not making any judgments here, but all I'm just saying is just my personal experience. And I find this fascinating because the church is the place where we can come to people and say, do you know you can be completely, radically transformed by, the, by Jesus, by the Holy Spirit, and you can be completely changed? And it doesn't mean that once you give your life to the Lord that suddenly you become perfect. And that's when we start to judge people, don't we? And there needs to be some judgment in the house of the Lord, but, but not for someone I've never met before. Maybe Alan should be right to judge me. Because he's standing, he sees me in the right sense to challenge, to encourage, to, to not criticise. You understand my, the, the context, don't you? But I find this interesting, that this guy can change. And this guy says, and, and someone said to him, you know, when did you change? He didn't answer the question, but he said this. He said, he said, you know, you can be asleep and then you wake up. He said, I've woke up. He says, I, I, I'm serving God. Uh, he also said, he says, God is boasting through me. Now, I, I, I just, it blew me away, to be honest. Now, again, I... I Pray for him, bless him. I mean, if he's in a position now where people are looking at him and criticizing him and things like that, but just maybe the Lord may have his hand on him. Who knows what God can do? Who knows what God can do with the people that we see day by day? You know, who knows what God can do with the people living in your house? Um, because God is a God who changes lives. And, I, and I, I wonder whether we can very easily buy the lie of the world that no one's really going to change. All your past mistakes are still a part of you to the day you die. All those attitudes and those thoughts, those mindsets are really all there. There's a, there's a guy that I, I, I've kind of lost a little bit respect over. Um, again, this is just on TV, so you, know, you take it or leave it. Uh, which is the guy from The Daily Show. What's his name now? Uh, the, the South African comedian, Trevor Noah. I, I had a lot of time for Trevor Noah. I thought he was a very funny comedian. I think his politics, you know, the way he challenged politics is great. But, he, but he, he made a point about Kanye West by calling Kanye West a hypocrite because he went back to his old songs, pulled them up and said, how can you say Jesus is king when you've been saying this? And, uh, but he doesn't know. I'm pointing to these guys because they're South African. But it's okay, we're all right with the South Africans, okay? 
Where am I? God is the God of change. And the Holy Spirit is the agent of change. Amen? It's because of the outpouring. Jesus died on the cross. When back to his Father, he sent the Holy Spirit, sent of the Father, if you like, to the earth, established the church, transformed lives. The Holy Spirit fell upon the people. They were completely changed. Acts chapter 2, they cried out in faith, what should we do? They said, repent, be baptized for the forgiveness of sins. You will receive the promise of the Holy Spirit. And 3,000 souls were added to the church. The Holy Spirit was poured out and he was moving. And Paul says this, you know, back in 2 Corinthians 5, he said this. He, he used this terminology, and I think there's a principle under, underlying this that I just want to pick out. He said, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed uh, away. Behold, the new has come. All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself, starts with Jesus, and then Jesus gave us the ministry of reconciliation. He starts and he gives us his ministry. And that's what Paul said. He says, therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ. I, I, I know Paul was talking about personally, but I mean, that's a word for the church. We are, have been given the ministry of reconciliation. He goes on and says about us making an appeal. We implore you on behalf of Christ to be reconciled to God. There's that desire in our hearts that others might know and say, come to Jesus. If you, you know, be reconciled to God. There's something in us that the Spirit is stirring when the Spirit comes in. Uh, um, is there an amen to that one? We might not have the boldness to do it. They might have the, the, the know-how to do it. But there's the real, real reality in our hearts that we want others to know Jesus. And it comes from the Spirit. Jesus said, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. You, now you go, therefore, and I am with you. He starts it, he gives it to us. And he gives us him, uh, the, um, these abilities. Ephesians chapter 2 is another great passage. I won't go into it completely. But it, again, it's the gospel message. <clears throat> uh, verses um, 1 to 10. It says, We were dead in trespasses and sins. It goes on, but God, being rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you've been saved. And then it goes on and says, not a result of works so that anyone can boast. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Christ does the work, and then he gives us works of the... Uh, this is where I'm going, of the Holy Spirit through us in order to bring about his ministry. Because what can I do on my own? What can you do on your own? There's nothing. He does it. Christ has made the way. The Spirit activates it. He's the agent of change. And he's the agent of change looking for vessels. And he finds Dan. He says, there's my agent of change. Go reconcile the world to God. That's the better story, isn't it? You could go into the, the gifts of the Spirit, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, or in Ephesians 4 verse 8, it says, And he ascended on high, he led a host of captives, and he gave gifts to mankind. The gift of the Holy Spirit is the gift. The activities, the services, the, all, uh, the, the works are those things that the Spirit does through us. Um, we, we talked about it not that long ago, didn't it? So 
He is the agent of change, and we are the channels of his change. He comes by his grace and power, takes hold of our lives, makes us new, and we respond to him, as I said about those early Christians. Romans 6, if you, and I'm jumping around here. Romans 6, uh, 6 puts it this way. We were immersed into Christ, said earlier. We were buried with Christ, and we were raised with Christ. But it also goes on. He talks about this change. He says, If we have been united with him in a death like this, we shall certainly be united with him in a resurrection like this. We know that our old self was crucified with him in order that the body of sin might be brought to nothing, so that we would no longer be enslaved to sin, for one who has died has been set free from sin. Now if we have died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him. There's a lot in this packet passage I'm just going to quickly throw out. And if anything lands, praise God. If it doesn't, don't worry. There is a change. Old self meets the cross, new life. Sin in power, it meets the cross, sin rendered powerless. It's all in uh, chapter 6. Slaves of sin, it meets cross slaves of righteousness. We will forever be slaves. It depends what you're going to be a slave to. And what that means to me is that we, we have this default standard mode of operation. When we come out the womb, our default standard mode of operation is a slave to sin. When Jesus comes in our life, our standard mode of, of, of operation is to the righteousness. And, and as we look at it a little bit later, we then learn how to give way to that righteous desire and to resist the fleshly habits of the old desire. Is that, I'm sure that's your experience as well as mine. Alive to sin, dead to God, meets the cross, dead to sin, alive to God. And then if you go to Romans 8, I know I'm rushing through this, you all right? Yeah. Should we take a breather? <laughs> law under law, meets the cross under grace. Um, walk, walking according to our flesh, meets the cross we then walk according to the Spirit. Our minds are on the flesh, and then it, we meet the cross, and our minds are on the Spirit. And let, let's just because listen to this language, because um, I, I must confess, sometimes I have this mindset. Unless I am very mindful, I will just live in the flesh. Um, almost like I've got this rubber band effect. There's the flesh and the sinful life, and I'm on this rubber band, and I need to keep walking in the Spirit to keep from going back into the flesh. But this says something slightly different. As I read this, because he says, There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, for the law of the Spirit of life has set you free in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death. So there's a breaking away. And he goes on, I'll just pick some bits out. It says, those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit set their minds on the things of the Spirit. For to set the mind on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the Spirit is life and peace. And then he says this in verse 9, you, however, are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. So Paul's making quite a clear distinction. He's saying, look, you're either in the flesh or you're in the spirit. You're not struggling out of the flesh all the time. You're either in the flesh or in the spirit. And, and this is this, this 
before and after effect. He's saying, listen, you were set free from the law of sin and death. You were given power over sin, power over your flesh. Elsewhere in Scripture says the flesh and spirit war against each other. I have power over my fleshly natural desires. Absolute power through the Holy Spirit. I'm not struggling every day to get into the Spirit. I'm in the Spirit from the moment I wake up to the moment I go to bed at night. The Holy Spirit doesn't depart from me and come back. I'm in the Spirit, but there are times when through my own um, choice or my own way, I can set my mind on fleshly things like a moth to the... And then the spirit goes, or whatever it does in the spirit. And I lose my peace. Because he says here, he says, you're not in the flesh. In fact, if the spirit goes, no, where is it? Life and peace. Uh, Those who set mind on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the spirit is life and peace. I find life and peace because my mind is set on the spirit. I want the things of God. I know that in me I can wake up in the morning and I desire the things of God. I don't have to put on a desire for the things of God. But but I know that my body is, 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 is not perfected yet. And so in my body there are things that I have to resist in the spirit. If I don't, I will get caught up with the things of the flesh. Does that make sense? This is the, my point here is that we, what we are not doing here, that what the Spirit has done in regeneration, what the Spirit has done when we've responded to him in repentance and forgiveness of sin, he's done a work that's brought us out of the flesh into the Spirit. We're not fleeting back in and out and in and out and in and out. We're in the Spirit, but we have to resist the flesh, that sanctification, that process by which we are made, being made more like God. So, This is the point. We need the Holy Spirit to come and make us alive, to make us new creations. Now, we're all new creations in this room. Praise God, we're all fine. But what about the man outside? What about the person that we get the bus with? What about, you know, the person living in your home? Boy, do we need the Holy Spirit to come. We need an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Now, we could set up a prayer meeting. Why don't we have a prayer meeting where we would come and we just pray, Lord, come and bring revival. Amen. Praise God. I'm not saying that's a bad idea. But what I believe God is saying to us is this, is that we are the agents of change. By being his vessels of the Spirit. So imagine we're walking along this path pathway and then we say I I turn to Dan and say Dan we need to dig a well this place is dry around here it's dry so we get our shovels out and we start digging and we dig deep and then we hit water and then a spring comes up and it starts to water everywhere around and then we we're walking on a bit more and we see you know what this place let's dig a well let's dig a well I think we need as a church to dig a well in these days but not just because we've had a prayer meeting and praise God we're going to come and pray tonight at 7 o'clock 
Uh, we're going to come and we're going to dig and we're going to pray and we're going to seek God. But when I go home on Monday, I need to be digging a well because I need a well in my house and you need a well in your house and maybe you're at work and I'm not getting geographical, but you get the picture, is that it's the well of life flowing up through me. And so when we're praying or when we're, we're touching these deep places, there's, there is something, there are activities that we can do that are, that are unique to digging into the deeps and digging the wells and, and that God may do something through us and bring about something of the Spirit. This is, this is the picture I want us to get. So, we you know, amen. Come on. So I've, got, I've just got a number of things here that, that are activities. Eight things, because eight's a good number, because eight is a beginning, this number of new beginnings. Amen? You don't know that, do you? The first one is this, humility. What, basically, what I want to say is, in these things you cannot do, but by the help of the Holy Spirit and through those things, God will break out in a, in a more powerful way than simply walk in the path of life. Okay, and the first thing is this humility, the humble heart that bows the knee to God. You know, there is something wonderful about humility in, as a release of the power of God because pride is, is the opposite. When we start to realize I can do all this myself, I'm quite able, I'm quite you know, strong enough to do this myself, we start to no longer need the Lord to do anything for us. But when we get up and when you're crying out to God because you know you can't do it, whether you're in your workplace, and I've done this before, looking at a problem and I'm like, I cannot do this, please, Lord. Will you help me do this bit of work? I know that's very natural, but isn't God wonderful that he wants to help us to get our jobs done? Um, maybe you've got family situations or maybe you've got health situations or maybe it's just, just personal social interactions and you're just... Come into the Lord and say, Lord, I just need you right now. And we bow our knee to the Lord and we say, Lord, I can do no, nothing. I rely fully on the work of the Holy Spirit. And that leads us to the second thing because that leads to faith. And you can't do activities of faith without touching the deep spiritual things. You can't believe God. Faith, Faith, we have faith to believe God for our salvation, praise God. But we don't think about that every day, do we? We trust the Lord, and that is great faith. But there are times of faith, which is, I think I preached on a couple of weeks ago, about trust in God when everything is going absolutely terrible and everything going wrong, it's all going wrong, and you're praying, Lord, will you make it go right? And he's basically not doing anything about it. That's when you need faith. And to do that, you're stepping into a deep place of the spirit there's a well of life there and as you ask maybe you're thinking I'm struggling every day but as you're operating in faith the spirit is moving because you are operating in, in faith and when I say the spirit's moving I'm not saying he's been waiting around he's always moving but he's found a channel and, and, I, and, I, and I have this picture um, of you know these conduits um, conduits are, are, are pipes and this pipe that comes from heaven, in it is water. And here's my pipe. I'm over here. And the, the Lord is gracious. He kind of like spills it over and I get a bit of this. Wonderful. And then as I dig deep, I just align myself. I'm not doing much. I align myself. And the water just flows right through me. 
And all I'm doing is I'm just believing God for something beyond my abilities. But something happens. And I wish I could see in the spirit, like my wife does something. You know, you see this gold, all this kind of, I don't see any of that. But my wife does and Tracy does and others like that see these things. And I wish I could see it because I could maybe just see, um, maybe, you know, like you see those heat-seeking things. When someone's pr- uh, just stepping out in faith, they just start to glow in the spirit. That's, that's what's the pictures in my mind. Does that make sense? Is that weird? Um Faith, when we step out in faith, faith that requires us to do the impossible, as we do that, we can only do that through the Spirit. And that leads to obedience. When faith comes obedience, because sometimes that means you've got to go and do something. And boy, does that hurt sometimes. And, um, and it, it requires us to do something. But as, and there's so many things in Scripture where Jesus said, stretch forth your hand. And as he, as he did it, he was healed. Rise up and walk. And as he did it, and so, obedience requires faith. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. We need the word of God to speak into our hearts, to say, yes, Lord, I'm going to do that. Obedience. Prayer. A spiritual activity that requires discipline. It's not just about being dutiful, although it's good to be dutiful as, as God's people and prayer is such a broad subject because there's prayer in times where all you can muster is Lord please help isn't that wonderful God I just need your help Lord I don't you know I'm not feeling it about being your minister this morning you know to be I just I, I just need your help Lord I have nothing in me but help, and that's prayer. It's wonderful. Christ the God for others. Christ the God for ourselves. God is always listening to our heartfelt prayers. He's always listening, always responds to our prayers. may not be the way that we want him to respond, but he always does. He always is working on our behalf. He's praying for us. But there's another type of prayer. It's, the, it's a prayer where we are his conduits. His pipes where he says, Lord, I know that there are prayers that originate from the throne of God. And they are the means by which he performs his ministry. And the changes that have happened in your life, in, in this country, in our uh, situations that we may know of in the food bank, is because the prayer for that food originated from God. I'm, suge- I'm suggesting this, but I think I'm right. Um, originated from the throne and he's looking for conduits to bring that out through our mouths to make it happen. And it did, because people prayed. I think that was, I'm, I'm assuming that's the situation because I know we often pray. But I think that's what happens when people say, Do you know what, I'm going to come, I'm going to make myself available to the Lord for prayer. Tonight, I'm going to come. I'm going to make myself available to the Lord in prayer. I'm going to get into a place. I'm going to dig deep. I'm going to dig a well. And I'm going to touch a place with the Spirit. However you dig your wells. Now, there, that's, that's another thing we could talk about. I'm, I've hit 12 o'clock. Um, we dig our wells in different ways. These are different activities. And sometimes, as I'm saying, there's prayer. When a person says, here I am at this time for you. We're not trying to... I'm not, going to hear, I'm not here to persuade you, God, to do something that you've... You perfectly know well to do. Who am I to tell God how to do, how to run the universe? But I'm here, Lord. Just give me something. Put something on my heart and I'll pray it. And I'll say fasting. 
I see fasting as the accomplice of prayer. Fasting with prayer puts us into a state where we can go deeper into God. We're more sensitive to spiritual things, whether we experience anything or not. Fasting and praying. I find it very difficult to fast without praying. Um, Fasting is good for you naturally. But if we're going to pray... Fasting really does help us. Exercising spiritual gifts, especially tongues. You cannot pray in tongues without moving in the spirit, unless you do it in the flesh. Otherwise, then it's just making noises. But when we are, if you operate in the tongues, praying in tongues, you're moving in the spirit, and you're digging the well. Worship and praise, focusing on him, not our own lives, not just singing a song because we like it and rushing through this. Are you, are you, are you, catching, are you catching this? We're worshipping God. I'm here and I'm singing this song and I'm not thinking about how I love this tune, but um, I'm sure that, uh, you know, Timo played it better than Drew when Drew was doing it. It's a bit high for me. No, it's a bit low. Uh, no one thinks like that. But when I'm singing, I'm imagining, Lord, I'm in front of you in your throne. I'm singing this to you. I'm loving you. This is about you. I'm doing that because something, the Spirit is moving. I'm digging a well. I'm going deep with the Lord because I'm making this about him. Amen. Worship and prayer tonight, by the way, it's 7 o'clock. Did I mention that? Um, I tell you what, worship and praise. Praise is a powerful means of digging the well. If you need to see breakthrough in your life, if you want, you know, prayer, worship, praise, singing. You can even put Kanye West on. Hallelujah, if it's really worth um, meditating on the Word, the Bible, reading the Bible, taking a verse and just maybe have one verse a day and just chew on it and just meditate on it. Say, Lord, I believe your Word is more than just print on paper. It's more than the Word that was said 2,000 years ago or 6,000 years however old it was written. Um, and I'm going to look at that. I'm going to let it minister into my heart. I'm going to use that as a means to dig deep because I want to be moving. I want to be a conduit. I want me to go into places and affect rooms, not because of my person, but because of the Spirit is moving in me. Pray through the Word. Use the Word for prayer. Read the Word. Think on the Word. Study the Word. All these things, spending time with the Word, will connect us with the deeper things of God. And as we do these things, with a humble heart, faith, obedience, prayer, fastings, exercising spiritual gifts, worship and praise, meditating on the word, we will dig wells and there will be a move of the Spirit, I believe, in the church. And we need that today. So let me finish there. God is a God who changes lives. And I believe he wants to change lives around us. And I believe that the means... Is the Spirit through you because you're digging your well? Not because you're a great preacher or you're a great person socially and connecting with people. All those things are great, but because you know how to dig a well. Amen? Shall we stand and pray and then um, these guys can come? and Lord, we want to stand before you because we uh, acknowledge that every good thing comes from above. And we acknowledge, Lord, that of our own selves we are nothing. We are but jars of clay, Lord, and the excellency, the supremacy, the, the great power and the goodness, the change-making life, Lord, is you in us. Lord, and we want to be your conduits. We want to be your channels. 
Will you help us, Lord, to dig wells? Not just in our meetings, but in our day-to-day lives. Lord, will you help us to get into the deeps, to see these wells dug, to see these springs spring up, Lord, that we may see people around us changed and transformed, that they may know the better story. Lord, that you are God that transforms lives. So we just commit one another to you and ask you, Lord, just to come and further just uh, minister that word into our hearts in Jesus' name. Amen.